Welcome to the Wicked Radio Network. All right. Welcome to Angela's Awesome Podcast. Hi, Angela. Hi, Hanno. Welcome, everybody. That's so weird because I didn't hear the music. Exactly, because we're on Skype right now. Yeah. Because okay. we're, we're doing this at the crack of dawn. Well, we're on Dawn Patrol, people. <laughs> it's Dawn the, Patrol. We're just we're that's going to be the name of the episode. Dawn Patrol. Dawn Patrol. Okay. Angela's awesome. Dawn Patrol. I'm a morning person, but I don't know about Hanno. I I am in spirit, not necessarily. You know <laughs> how I feel right now. <laughs> well. I we do, are on like Dawn this. Patrol yeah. to bring you all some inspiration to make your lives more awesome. Yes, because I actually have a very busy week. Well, we actually haven't podcasted in two weeks, you realize. It's been two weeks. Well aware. Yes. Well aware, yes. So, yes, and, then, and then I just have a really crazy week this week with fourth, my, my mom's coming to visit, which is exciting. Yes. Um, which I, I love having my mom come to visit, but as we all know, family. Yeah, well, you know? people just in your house, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think it's stressing Sharon out more than me, myself. Well, that's so interesting that you're saying that because one of the things we want to discuss today is how we have different reactions to different things. Wow. And I am going to tell you that I know Sharon. I've known her for a long time. I know myself. Both of us are, like, really weird about having people in our space. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and it kind of comes down to some different things, but, um, it's interest. I just think it's so interesting because the more I study this, the more I'm like, Oh, look at that. Well, that's why that's happening. Oh, look at that. So anyway, um, that was a good segue. You didn't even mean to go there so early. I know it. No, it's perfect. We, we should do this more <laughs> often at this hour. <laughs> you keep everyone, we'll stay on track. So um, is there any business that we need to do? First of all, I just want to say thank you for the last podcast. That was very sweet for you guys to do the Sammy podcast about my my old guy. Thank you. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was very sad. Um, yeah, th- it, it was truly, great, though. Yeah. It was sad and it was great. You know, that's exactly. That's how I felt because and I, I was a little rushed and kind of trying to throw things together a little bit. It was like, I didn't know what I, I literally, that was happened kind of on the fly. It was just it coming together. And I have to say big thank you to, to everyone that contributed. And, and yeah, those that, that was cool to have so many people yeah, involved, man. That yeah. was awesome. And for those it's that funny to hear boys talk about their feelings, I, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It's you know, just good point so, though. Cute. No, it's a good cute. point, and I think yeah. maybe that's what. Because at one point, when I, you know, that that when Neil and I are talking, and, and I say, you know, I've got a big smile on my face. That's the warmth. You know, that's not yeah. a. I'm laughing, and that's Dave and and Akul and I were having were having fun having a chat because they honestly didn't even know they were gonna gonna do that. And I said, hey, I got this blog, and I had your blog all printed out. Yeah. And I was gonna go through us, and like I said, I was a little unfocused. But what I got at the end, and I don't think I really ever summed it up right, was like your last point. You'd said, you know, be in the moment and, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, go tell someone you love them. And what was really wild was that's what it felt like to me. I felt like the whole time that I'm uh, hearing these voicemails from people calling and uh, and having, you know, th- this chat we had and then mixing it all together, it was completely in the moment of, of those emotions that all of us, everybody was, when they're thinking about their furry loved one, that was their moment. That's the emotion. And then for me, a big deal was, is just like you said, to have friends and even people I've never met before who I consider friends, if they're willing to, like you said, call up and share a part of them with me. I mean, to me, that's having a friendship with someone. Uh, that was very powerful. And, and, and I think that's kind of like what this podcast is about, is about being honest and true to ourselves. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what I thought your blog was about, really. Yeah. was about that. So I really, it was, it was very, you know, I'm really glad you enjoyed it because it was very, uh, 
crushes for me too as well. So, and I just have to say as a side note, Aquila's voice. Oh my god! <laughs> right? I know. I'm surprised the guy's not a full time announcer somewhere. You know, he did do some radio here locally in the valley a couple times. Somebody heard I him. Can yeah. I yeah. can see why. I can see why. Oh, and I, and I want to give honorable mentions to uh, Jeannie and, and Tony were on vacation, and they were literally mm-hmm. coming back from vacation, and and they had sent me a message, but I was already at rehearsal and stuff, so uh, they weren't able to. And and then. Oh. Uh, you know, Dev. Dev said, "I don't know if you saw on Twitter that he he's like I tried calling, but I couldn't. You know, he's like I tried, oh, but I couldn't. I, you I, know, I was like, I was like, oh, you know. So thank you guys too for even uh, thinking about it. So, um, I think that's another thing that pets do for us and dogs do for us um, is they give us the opportunity to be that vulnerable. I mean, I think it's hard." To be vulnerable and, you know, and I think it's important (laughs) that we are able to do that. And it's, you know, it's an, it's an avenue for people to do that. So that's a good, that's a really good, and I think that's what Neil was trying to bring across was that idea that, you know, I've never hurt this bad, but it's okay. It's a good thing. Yeah. Cause you know, the, the, he's also never had that much, you know, probably had that much, that level of joy. Because we always are, when, when I'm dealing with another human being, I'm kind of trying to read them. I'm trying to relate to them. I'm never yeah. having to read my dog. Right. <laughs> I, I don't have to. Right. You know? Well, you know, our mutual friend who actually her, lost her son, he, he was killed in a plane crash. You know, my whole thing with losing a dog used to be, before I lost, when I lost my first one, you know, it was like, well, he had a great life. He lived a long time. Why am I so broken about this? And she said, and this is after her son had been killed. She said, there's nothing like the loss of a pet. You know, he, she's like, this is your one. And I just was, it was so astounding and stunning to hear that from someone who had had such a major human loss. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but I do, so that kind of got me thinking. And the other thing that I kind of thought about it is you and I are a little different than some other people about our, our dogs, because the love that we would maybe channel into having children, if we had children gets channeled into the dogs. Uh, So, you know, it's not, they are, they're family members, but. Okay. um, Anyway. Hold please. (laughs) Is that was that your coffee, Zine? Yeah, that was my coffee okay. ring. Yes, <laughs> this, this Hold, is gonna be fun. Please. Hold, please. Okay. Yes, coffee All must right. have. So, uh, and a couple other than other things was while 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 we were gone, although nobody knew it. So, uh, Tangent Bound Network, another podcast network we are now part of, and wow, yeah, and Tangent Bound Network is awesome. I didn't. Well, I hope so. If oh. we're on it, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, uh, I hadn't had a chance to really dive into. So a lot of the podcasts that I've listened to and discovered is through the network. So, you know, I'll I will go on to like, and you know, here we go again. It always starts with Neil and Annalise, but you know, because yeah. the Dark Angel are pretty freaks, I went on to see who was on their network, and then I went down to the list, and and Tension Pat was like. 60 something shows or something like that on there. Oh. Um, and, and it's a little much, you know, it's, it's, it's like, wow, okay, that's a lot of shows. But the cool thing is, is so we're on their, the, the Facebook group and oh. you get to see who's active there and who's oh. posting. And then that's the part where all of a sudden you have somebody you've never even heard of before sends me a little message or, or, or throws a like out there or whatever it is. It's like, Oh, okay. Who's this? And, and once again, it starts that cross pollination. So oh, that's uh, cool. really happy to be part of the tangent bound network now, in addition to the wicked radio network. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So exciting. So that's exciting. Good. We're multiple so. network podcasts. We're big time. Should we dive in? Should we dive yes, in? Dive in. Let's okay. blog. Because we got to stay focused today um, yeah. so that we can both get to work. Um, okay. So I just want to say that um, most of you guys who are listening to this know this about me, but I am an eating psychology coach. I did my training with the psycholo- uh, with the Institute for the Psychology of Eating in Den- out of Denver, Colorado. Boulder, actually. Mark David is the man. He's the guy. He's, um, if you look him up, he's awesome. Learned a lot from him, still learning from him. Um, 
So, and I've been a personal trainer for 16 years. So it's kind of my thing is coaching people and figuring out what makes people do what they do and how to help them do it differently if that's what they want. So um, one of the things that I've learned and am learning and am lo- I'm in love with this idea so much is um, like if I, if you were coming in to start a coaching session with me, I would, I would be like, okay, you know, what do you want to do? What's tell, if we could, you know, if you could have whatever you wanted from our work together, what would you want? You know, and then you would say, I want to stop binge eating every night, or I want to be more scheduled about my workouts, or I want whatever it is that's going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's sort of like, it's so fun because it's sort of like this little um, treasure hunt. You're kind of looking around and you're trying to figure out like what's going on and why these behaviors are happening. But I start every suggestion and trying to figure that out from the premise of you're doing what you're doing. Even if it's something that you want to let go of, like binging every night, you're doing it for a really good reason. Like there's no bad reasons. Like we do things out of a sense of survival. Now, what happens is sometimes when we are in complete survival mode, like let's say that you're binging every night or you're binging three times a week. Let's be a little more realistic. So let's say that you're doing that. The chances are that that behavior is giving you something that you need in order to survive. And you get to a point where you're like, this is hurting me. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but you're unable to let it go. So then you start looking for motivation where I come from a standpoint of let's look at what's driving that behavior. What is it that's making you so uncomfortable that you need to check out, you know, three nights a week and do this binging. So learning what drives you and why you're doing things is super helpful. It's way more helpful than just being like, okay, Let's write a list of 10 reasons why you don't want to do this. Let's make sure that you're motivated. You're going to call me every time before you do it. And then we're going to stop this behavior. Now, odds are that's not going to stop it. But if you um, find out, well, I'm really stressed out at work every single day. Um, I'm super regimented. I, I, I hold myself super accountable. And then and, and we start looking at that, then we can be like, oh, well, you're super wound up in this side of your life. This binge is a total unwind in the other side. So rather than trying to change the binge, we can then say, okay, how can we make your life easier so you're not wound up and held so tightly the rest of the time? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because most of the time when we have a, a behavior like that, it didn't start at that level initially. It, it maybe started at a small level. Right. You know, like it was a, it, it, at one point or another, because like you said, there's no these are bad things. They're just things that have maybe gotten a little farther than we intended them to be out of control. Like it, the, op, you know, the opposite of just like a little bit of laziness, you know, whatever it is, it, it starts small and unfortunately it gets big. And sometimes when it gets too big, we can't do anything about it. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense because then getting down to why. Yeah, because when when something gets so big, and we know this from recovery, you just want the the bad to stop. You don't really aren't really all that concerned about going. Well, why am I doing this? Totally, you just want the bad to stop, and you start feeling bad about yourself when you can't. Right? Yeah, and but the real the real quote unquote cure really does involve getting down to all right. Why did this begin to to begin with, and and how can we change that? Exactly. So how do you go about doing that then? Well, that's the thing. So there's a lot of different. So this is kind of a big topic and we're, I'm going to try to keep us focused on this, but basically I'm going to give you some suggestions, some ideas around how, um, figuring out why can be helpful because what happens when it comes to how you figure out the why there's lots of different models to look at. Mm. So for example, um, there's the model of uh, like, there's different personality models and there's different, and then we have the, um, we have a system called Ayurveda and we have, um, the Enneagram and we have, um, what else was I thinking of? Um, 
just evolution in general, like looking at maybe how we've evolved. So there's lots of different ways to kind of lots of different um, tools, so to speak. So you might be like, okay, so let's take, um, let's take you, for example, let's go to Ayurveda for just now. The point of this is to talk about how learning about ourselves helps us then make sustainable changes. So I'm just going to give you, I'm going to use some, some ideas around this, but we're not going to talk just about Ayurveda and we're not going to talk just about the Enneagram. We may end up doing podcasts specifically on these things, but these are just examples to kind of illustrate what we're talking about. Um, So Ayurveda is um, an old system um, of healing and their their basic assumption is I'm reading this awesome book right now. Um, can you see that? Yeah. That's How do you a lot say that word? Prakriti. Yeah. Okay. Your Ayur- so Ayurvedic. Your Ayurvedic that? constitution. So oh. they're they're talking about the Prakriti. Your inborn metabolic pattern is called Prakriti. It also means nature. She who is the first creation. Your Prakriti is your first creation. Your first reaction when you're forced to adapt to some change in your environment. So your constitution is that set of metabolic tendencies which determine how your body and mind will instinctively react when they are confronted by a stimulus. Okay. So this is like going back to like your adolescence kind of when you started to come to be how your kind of natural reactions occurred? Not kind of, but this is more like this is more. So this particular model, which is helpful for some things, is actually talking about more like your actual physical constitution. So there's three Mm. parts of Ayurveda. There's the Vata, the Pitta, and the Kapha. So So we're we're talking an Indian-based philosophy, right? Yeah, an Indian-based, but it's a really old system of healing. Like there's doctors, and this is a... And it's, it's, it encompasses everything, but if you kind of use, so this is one model to kind of figure it out. So we're going to use you as an example. So you, people who are very Vata tend to be very, um, very thin. Um, they have, they have, um, smaller, a smaller bone structure. They have a super high metabolism. Um, okay. right. Okay. So, this so is, we know, we're talking that's an archetype. That that's how you are. Yeah. But here's yeah. the interesting thing about it. So Vatas tend to have. Um, they tend to need a lot of food, but they forget to eat because they're kind of uneven and they have these weird schedules and they're, they have a really hard time with routine. Does any of this starting like that's landing for you? Yes, I get it. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> no, I don't know what you're so talking about. <laughs> one of the, well, so here's the thing. One of the things that you talked about with, with, on this podcast is we're trying to get you to be real consistent with certain routines. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I find helpful to know about you is I know you're very Vata and I know that that's part of who you are. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's part of who you are. So my coaching strategy with you is always to be like, let's get you back on track, but don't worry about it. Cause you're so Vata, you're going to get back off track more than someone who would be more Kapha or Pitta. Okay. Now that is an amazing point. Doesn't that make sense to you? Doesn't that land for well, you? Yeah, and not just you, me, but like, for yeah, that's totally how I am. But but not just for me, but for all of us. We're, well, we totally. all we all we <laughs> if we're if we're based off going off of, an, uh, of off of an archetype, whether it be a physical, a spiritual, or or personality type, and we're and and it's it's our personality type that has gotten us into let's say a little bit of trouble in some way or another. And now we're trying to go against it. The whole idea of understanding where that happened, what type we are, and the fact that we're naturally going to be drawn away from those changes makes so much sense because then I can stop beating myself up over it and I can go, okay, here I am again, being me. Let's, let's adjust. and you can also, you can also by knowing that, I know I get so excited. I'm sorry. I, know, you. I get so excited about this. I just it's think good. it's so cool. Um, you can also be like, okay, I, I know I'm going here. What can I do? You can kind of learn tools that can help you get more grounded. Yeah. So we're not using this as I'm being me. I can't help myself. No. Oh, well, we're not using this as, oh my God, I'm always going to be this way. Yeah, oh, no, no. well, we've all we're done that before. As, oh, <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah. This is who I am. Now, what now am I willing to get out some of the tools to help me? So let me just tell yeah. you a little bit more about Avata. Because this is, like I said, we're going to do a podcast on just this, but I just am using this as an example. Vada people 
Um, let's see. Their appetites are irregular and their love for excitement tends to lead them into irregular food habits, which worsen their digestion. They usually suffer or have suffered from chronic constipation due to innate astringency. They love soupy, oily, hot foods, but always tend to go to extremes with their food, either overindulging in cheesy casseroles and heavy, hard to digest <laughs> items or denying themselves all heavy foods and alternating between excess and denial. They're prone to rapid fluctuations in their energy levels and their energy coming in spurts or bursts. They often try to sustain this energy with pungent stimulants like coffee rather than admit to themselves that they're tired and need to rest. Exhaustion inevitably follows periods of truly frenzied activity, but Vatas may not recognize their fatigue until it forces them to rest. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? It is. It's so interesting. So knowing this about you, we know that it's important for you to have, you know, like one of the tools that we might pull out for you is we might be like, okay, you have a really busy week. You're going to be this, that you're working late, you're up early, you're doing all this stuff. Like, can you commit to having regular grounded meals, small meals with protein that will help you be able to manage your energy a little better? Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. And then be like, okay, and you're going on a ride. You know, this is kind of what you do. This is kind of what makes you who you are, and it's cool. Here's another example in Ayurvedic, and then we're going to switch gears. But I'm very pitta, and pittas tend to run really hot. <laughs> I'm, like, mm. melting into a little puddle with this 90-degree weather. I know. Some of you, if you're, if you're listening somewhere where it's, like, way hotter and way more humid, I'm so sorry I'm such a baby. But just knowing how hot I run and knowing this about myself, I'm now getting up really early in the morning, getting stuff done and like planning for three hours in the middle of my afternoon to just be a puddle. And then I, and take a nap and be in a cool place. And then I'm more productive in the evening because I know that because I used to just try to force through that and I have a flexible job, so I'm able to do that. But I used to just try to force through it. I'm not very productive. I'm too hot. So I might as well work with who I really am. Yeah. yeah. One more little example about me is one thing about pittas is if we eat a lot of spicy food or a lot of salt, it helps increase pitta, which makes us. And the one thing that pittas do is we get super ambitious and super driven and super bossy and super like. Ugh. So if we do those foods, it increases that in us which is not a positive thing, not balanced. So it's helpful for me to know that that's how I am. And I can be like, OK, maybe I'll skip the spicy foods today. You know, not for the rest of my life if I really love them, but just for today because I want to be less aggressive. Anyway, it's cool to know that. It's no, just it's a great. cool tool. So that's one option. So that's one option. So another, so that's helpful for, so just knowing kind of how we are physically, how we kind of operate, kind of our mannerisms, and then learning different tools that will help us ground us can help us make more sustain sustainable changes. It would be insane for someone to be coaching you and be like, okay, our goal for you is to get you on a steady um, schedule that you're always going to do the same thing all the time and you're going to be super consistent. We would have no luck. Yeah. And we would yeah. feel... I would feel bad as your coach. You would feel bad as the client. And then you would drop, you would totally be like, you know what, dude, you're so fired. I'm going to just find somebody else that can help me. So part of, so part of you that. doing what you're doing is in order to help. And this is something that everybody that listens to this podcast is going to uh, relate to this is, okay, so we're trying to make some uh, new habits, new positive habits with either with our eating and our exercise. And, and if you, as the coach or trying to help someone, you have to know what someone's baseline kind of is, what their natural tendencies are, because how can you make a suggestion to somebody like, why don't you try something? If you know that, you know, it, it helps to know that, that this isn't going to be an easy change based on somebody's natural tendencies. Exactly. And you can kind of shape. So I've got, did I, did I ever give you the kayak example? No, what's the kayak example? I think maybe I have, but I'll bring it up again because it's always cool. So I had a, the, uh, a friend who, who's uh, a, a kayak instructor, or a, a, he's just an amazing kayaker. So when, when, you know, when they flip over underwater, they write themselves up. And uh, he knew three different ways to do that. And so what he would do is, you know, when they would put people in the pool, right, 
he would, uh, and, and this is going to maybe make some of you freak out, so don't worry, it's not happening to you right now. He would flip the kayak over and then go underwater and see what the natural reaction was to get out from being upside down underwater, right? And then he would teach the way that closely resembled their natural reaction. I love this example so much. So if you have, yeah, because if you have, you know, why teach something that's Here's not natural to somebody? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No sound effects on Skype. Here, I'll add applause later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, isn't that, I mean, and I thought it was brilliant because he's like, he goes underwater and he's looking and if he sees the person do a twisting motion, he teaches them the twisting way. And if he sees them do the reaching motion, you know, whatever it was, I don't remember the exact details. But this is kind of like what we're talking about. Learn, you know, you learn something about about yourself and then apply the method that's going to work best that way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Hannah, that's such a great story. I've definitely not heard that story. Okay, cool. Awesome. I mean, that is exactly it. That's it. Okay. So here's another reason. Right, uh, hold, another... hold on a second. I, I need to go grab my coffee now. Coffee okay. break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm okay. Okay, let's get back to the now healing. Now we're going to really start cooking. All right, we're in it. Okay. I love that story so much. That was so perfect. <laughs> just mind blown. Did you just come up with that? My, no, I'm, I, seriously. So the 20... 2000, 1999. I mean, so we're talking 15, 15, 16 years. That, that, that was first. So this guy, this guy would actually... So, you know, the big paddle wheel boats that, yeah. and there's the one on, so there's one on Lake Tahoe called the Tahoe Queen. And it's, it's, I don't, have you ever been to Lake Tahoe? Mm -mm. Never been to California? Uh, yeah, why would you? Um, I've been to California, yeah, but no. I've but not like Tahoe. that. Yeah. That. So, uh, so the big paddle wheel boat, this, he, this is how powerful this guy was as, as, as a kayaker. He would literally paddle behind it. And get into its wake and surf the wake with this is a giant paddle wheel, you know, with that massive wheel in wow. the back churning away. He would surf that wake in his kayak and, you know, and like everyone on the boat is looking over the back edge just going, holy cow. I mean, this guy's amazing. He's a total renaissance man, former tennis pro. That's why I'm not going to mention his name because he, you know, somebody wow. might actually recognize him. But former tennis pro did a. Uh, 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 taekwondo to a you know a, at an expert level uh, wow. oh here's a even better and then another reason why i can't mention him. played music with david grisman wow right grisman Gris, grisman yeah i keep wanting to say grisham and it's not but yeah david grisman so you know mandolin played mandolin and guitar with 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 jerry garcia and david just for fun i mean the guy was a total renaissance man and so because of that in that he had such a strong, also a spiritual path and all that stuff. That's where I think he developed a lot of these techniques. Who knows? He may have even been reading some of these books that you're talking about. Well, he basically has the idea that we're trying to talk about, which is we're certainly going to be naturally wired to do things a certain way. And I believe, when, especially when it comes to health changes, health habits, particularly if it's something that you're having a hard time sustaining, it's so helpful to go in and use these different techniques to kind of figure out what's stopping you and why, and, and, and to come from a place of that totally makes sense. So, so I'm going to, you know, real quick, you're, you're not actually, so we're, it doesn't have to be this book, that, book this no, no, technique no. that technique we're talking about figuring out kind of like an archetype for yourself and working well, off and, that but using these so so we're it's not even so much an archetype as it is using different tools so this the tool of of studying ayurvedic and your ayurvedic constitution could be one tool could be a particular one so, okay so another tool would be um that i've used that's been really helpful in my relationship with rob is um, the Enneagram. So the Enneagram, okay. and I think we should, we're going to do some podcasts on just these tools specifically. Um, but one of the things that happens, so the Enneagram is nine different number numbered personalities. And yes. then there's all these complications off of it, which I'm not going to get into today. But basically, I'm a seven and Rob's a six. So here's how it's helped Rob and I so much, just knowing this about ourselves. Sevens. Because I'm awesome. 
We do have sound effects after all. That's my phone. <laughs> I'm awesome. Um, so sevens just want to do everything all the time. We totally are like, let's do it. Say yes. Jump in the deep end. Um, you know, do you want to do this? Yes. Do you want to do that? Yes. They have a tendency to overdo it. They're just totally want to have fun. They're big go-getters. Okay. So that's a seven. So that's me. My husband is a six. A six's first reaction to anything is to put his hand to his forehead right above his eyebrows, scan the horizon and be like, <laughs> what could go wrong? Like that is their first gut reaction. So the seven's like, let's do it. And the six is like, hold on a second. Okay, this could go wrong. This could go wrong. Yeah. This could go wrong. Okay. So before we knew this kind of personality thing, someone worked with us and kind of taught us this. We seriously have had some knockdown, drag it out fights because he'll all be like, let's, let's do this. Let's go on vacation. And he'll be like, well, we can't go there because there could be alligators in the blah, blah, blah. And you know what I mean? So I'll be like, you never want to do anything. And he'll be like, you just want to jump in and do everything without properly scanning. The so now knowing that about myself, knowing that about him, when we came to buy the gym, I was like, let's do it. Yeah. Jump in. He was like, okay, this is why we shouldn't these, you know, here's 10 mm -hmm. reasons. So, and he so wasn't trying once, to talk you out of it. He was just being himself. That's who he is. Yeah. So once we knew that, then we can kind of harness and find the middle between those two. It's like, I'm like, let's get it going. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And he's like, okay, but this could go wrong. This could go wrong. This could go wrong. So it's kind of bringing the both, the, the best of both worlds in to make a great decision. If you are aware of it. If you're aware of it. Okay. And just knowing that yeah. I get yeah. less irritated with him. And the process because, occur, it goes better. Yeah. I don't, I am not wired that way. I do not immediately look what could go wrong, but I'll tell you what, having someone that's saying what, look, this is what could go wrong is amazing. Especially like if you go backcountry skiing or if you're going climbing, yeah. Rob is your perfect partner. Because his first instinct, if he's going to do a hard climb or he's going to take you back country skiing, is to be like, what could go wrong? You couldn't be safer if you're with a six. You probably couldn't be in more danger if you're with a seven. <laughs> <laughs> but, right? but who are you going to have a better story at the end of the weekend? <laughs> and the other thing about that is, is that I know, knowing that about myself, like you're definitely a seven also. Knowing So, that, so we talked about you being Vata, I'm Pitta. But in this particular model, we're pretty similar. Sevens, like you're going to be like, you're going to say yes to almost everything. You're all about right so one thing that's helpful to know, the other thing is to, to work in this model is to know that we have a tendency to overdo it. We yeah. have a tendency to not rest until we collapse. So knowing that about ourselves, if we get tired of collapsing, we could be like, okay, I need to learn how to pace myself. This has been an ongoing thing for me. I'm doing so much better at it. Just knowing that it's my MO to go, go, go. Yeah. Instead of being like, well, I'm a seven. I can't help it. I'm like, okay. I end up collapsing. I get really upset when I collapse. I overeat on the couch. All right. I know I'm wired to go, go, go. I'm going to schedule in rest breaks or I'm going to schedule in time down or whatever. And you're actually very good about this because you know when you get home from work, you need your transition downtime. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you have it arranged with your partner like this is what I do. And then you guys don't get in a fight. She doesn't have expectations. Do you know what I mean? So so that's another cool another cool tool that we'll talk. We'll go into that in, in detail. That is a really fun. That'll be a really fun podcast. Um, but basically, when when I'm coaching, the bottom line is whatever you're doing Rather than it being like, that's such a bad thing. You shouldn't be doing that. It's like, how can we look at this in a way that it totally makes sense? How yeah, can we yeah. make it right? Because the more we make it right, the more empowered we are to change and transform that. Is that? Yeah. It's, so, that, that's how we get in. That's how you get into creating the new, the new habit. Like, like the example you used of, of me uh, especially with, in particular with with uh, fitness, 
And, mm-hmm. and this goes back to my whole, if I really look at, okay, how have I been physically my whole life? Well, it's always been lots of things and I've always, well, I've always been as much as I can be absent-minded at times. When I get my focus, I get laser-like focus and I'm mm-hmm. able to concentrate. So if you look at my sports and things like that, you know, I look at whether I played soccer, ran track or whatever it was, I put everything into it. And that that has carried on through my life. And it, it even went to working out is at some point I said, you know, I want to, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to shape shift. I've always been a little guy and I wanted to be yeah. a bigger guy. And so yeah. I'd put all this, this effort into it. So going back to that one time where, where we, you were doing a six week challenge. And for most people, it was based on, on, on taking some weight off shape shifting in that regard. I went, well, all right, I'm not, <laughs> I can't lose weight. So I'm going to see if I can put some on. So what did I do? I went fully crazy right off the bat. Well, hello, 40 some odd year old Heno can't do that anymore. And I had that old injury come back. And that's where I had to go, okay, why did this happen? Well, because I did it like I always do it. I go, I just, without thinking of the fact, you know, I wasn't looking at the horizon going, what could go wrong here? I went, all right, I'm just going to do this. Like I always do it. And it hurt. And what happened? I couldn't do anything for six weeks because I was injured. So then I made that adjustment. Okay. Now this, this body does it differently, (laughs) you know? And so, so I totally get that. Right. You know, understanding yeah. where we've where we've come from now. So, all right, how do I make a sustainable change? So now I don't have that. I haven't been down for six weeks. Right. Because because I've I've made it so well. All right. I'm not attacking like this anymore. That's just not the way it's going to be. And the same thing with the food stuff. It's all also the the I I can't actually pinpoint it right off the top of my head. But there have been some changes that have been made. And a lot of it had to do with with looking at why, you know, wh- why, why am I doing this? Why do I, you know, why am I always on the sugar craving? And we've, you know, we've gone into this in so many different ways. But in finding that why, I've been able to kind of step out from it. We've created strategies, like yeah. you, know, you and you, because of because of talking to you, I go okay. When I'm immediately done with my meal, that's when I'll have a little bit of a little bit of sugar because that's when that sugar is not going to hit me, you know on an empty stomach, it's going to be more easily absorbed. And I go, that's my thing for the night. And I'm good. Like, Oh, you're not going to believe this. This is, this blew me away last night. What? I'm lying there in bed, going to go to bed early because I got to get up early and podcast. And I'm lying there and Sharon comes over to give me a good night kiss. And she says, I got you some chocolate. Did you find it? I'm like, no, I didn't. And she (gasps) says, do you want some now? And I said, no, I don't. Oh, miracle. good. And, but the reason was because I'd already had some sweets. Right. It was, it was part of my meal. I had not, right. got done and I went and, oh, and here's the other one. And I went and brushed my teeth. And there's something that I realized about like when Heno does the brush, brush his teeth thing, that's it. The food's over for the evening. Oh, good. Which was a like really it. weird thing I realized last night. I was like, huh. That's interesting. When I make the commitment to do the I'm going to bed brush my teeth routine, all of a sudden it's just water and no more stuff. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Habits. There's a habit I go work off of. Anyhow, I digress. So well that was no, that's a great So everyone out there that's that's looking on working on new habits. Right. Well, there's another there's another model that we can use that. I mean, there's so many different ways to do this. There's two more I want to talk about real quick. One is perfect. One is, you know, another thing that's really helpful is um, using um, astrology. Like most people know what their sun sign is because it's around your birthday. I know it's kind of out there, but you know what? I enjoy it as much as I think it's scientific BS. I love it. Yeah. Like one of the astrologers that I really love, he's based out of Seattle. His name is David Pond. He comes over here for the wellness. Okay, festival. that guy's creepy. He's creepy. creepy. In in how amazingly like how how do you? He's one of those people I can't explain. I know. You know that's so this it's is, good yeah. to follow up creepy with 
amazingly. I mean, yeah, no, no. I mean, well, it's that making it sound not good. <laughs> it's those things like so. The, the part of me and my my accepting of a higher power in life is the idea that there are certain things I can't explain, and there are certain people that can do stuff that I can't explain. And when somebody looks at me and reads me up and down and goes, "Well," da, 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 and I go, "Okay, you can't know that." <laughs> but he can because he is, he's, that, crazy. He's, he's a really gifted. He's an intuitive. He's an intuitive, but he's also an astrologer. He yeah, has spent it. his life studying astrology. And he people. can tell you that from reading your birth chart, where yeah. the where the planets were lined up. I know it's crazy, but here's the thing about that. So he, if you get a reading with someone who's amazing like that, you'll not I mean, most people are like, you know, they know their sun sign, so they look at the horoscope in the paper and yeah. whatever, and it may be or may not be on. But there's so many other parts to it. You have a sun, you have a moon, you have a rising. You have where everything was lined up when you were born. You have where everything's lined up now. There's some auspicious changes. So here's just another example of knowing some of this information can help you pull from your strong parts, not beat yourself up about your weak parts, or work on some of your weak parts. So here's just a teensy example of I'm a Taurus. I also have a Virgo rising and I have an Aquarius moon. So for me, the Aquarius is going to be a very free thinker, cut loose, have a great time. The Taurus and the Virgo get upset with the, with the Aquarius all the time. We're like hardworking. We want to do it this way. So there's kind of this internal battle always going on. His last suggestion to me was like, you're fighting yourself because of the way some, all this stuff was happening. I was like, oh my God, because Saturn and um, my moon were lined up against each other when I was born. He's like, I'm like, I've always felt like this internal struggle. He's like, so here's a tip. Here's a tool. You can employ Saturn to work for you and find compromises between the two. So helpful for me to just know that that's part of who I am. I'm like, do you have this? He's like, hell no. I'm so happy. I don't have it. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, so, but that's all fine. So now I kind of know. So now when I start going into that internal war, I'm like, okay, we're going into the internal war. So I'm going to let you over here who wants it all strict and perfect and da, da, da. You're going to get to be in charge for a little while. And then over here where wants to be no rules, I want to do whatever I want. You get to have your time, too. And we make peace within. And you find so it's balance. Just another, it's just another model, yeah. you know, and we'll do a podcast on that because we can talk. You know, I'm sure you and I could talk for a whole hour about things that we've learned from having our charts read by him. Because it's the, amazing. The, the thing that's important there is does it resonate with you? And if something I, resonates with with me then that gives me some insight into myself, reg totally. regardless of, of what you think the foundation of it is. You know, if you think astrology is complete poppycock, whatever, if it resonates with you and, you, you know, if, if your buddy says, oh, I can't believe you're doing that stuff. It's like, well, it resonates with me and I, and I learned something about my personality. Well, then winning right there. That's awesome. Right. If it gives me something that, that I can look and here's I guess this is what I think is really important about all these different tools you're talking about is we're talking about insight with with ourselves and that's the key to positive changes at least in, in for me and that's how it's been in my recovery is i had to learn something about henno before i could create a new henno right because you couldn't i as much as i wanted to just be like all right can you just take all this bad stuff away and make me a new person uh, yeah uh, yeah if we all had that power you know click magic right. wand we don't I'm we have to do a little work you're talking about yet another tool is the 12-step process. That's true. That is a tool. That's another tool because you, when you go through the 12-step process in whatever addiction you happen to be dealing with, they have, they, they, the steps can, can apply to anything. anything sure, yeah. absolutely. You go through, you learn more about what makes you tick, yeah. why you do certain things. When you do the fourth step, you take this fearless moral inventory well, it's not supposed to be used as like a, then, a, you know, a whipping strap to be like, I can't believe I do this. But it's like you get to learn like, oh, when this happens, this is how I react. Yeah, that's why so, we do like a, a story. You know, when someone exactly. well, like my, my, my therapist, the first time I went saw a therapist, you know, she asked me, tell me your story about drinking. 
you know, right. I, I'd gone in there to talk about all my other problems and everything else that was messed up with me because I was like, sweet, for the first time in my life, I'm willing to do this. And she just beelined right in and said, tell me about your drinking. And so I did my little, my little drunk log, you know, and right. as I'm doing this, you know, as we're, as I'm, you know, I'm not writing, I was verbalizing this. All of a sudden I'm thinking, huh, relationship ends, goes off the deep end. Oh, relationship ends, goes off the deep end. Oh, relationship ends, goes off the deep Huh, maybe I need to look at that. <laughs> but once again, exactly. insight. Exactly. So I the reason why I wanted to bring up some of these alternative different tools today um, is because I think when it comes to health and wellness, people get this message that, well, just eat less, exercise more, and you're going to lose weight and be healthy. Like it, it, it gets lost. Like just hire someone to motivate you to make sure you get to the gym three days a week. Hire someone to motivate you to make sure that you don't eat any sugar. Hire someone to motivate you. Like there, it, we're so much more complex than that, but that, I think that gets missed. And I think we see these, these, you know, we see these little signs on Instagram or whatever that say, you know, just suck it up and make it happen. You know, for some people on some days for some workouts, that's going to be super inspiring. But I think for a lot of people, they're just going to take that in and be like, wow, I'm I can't suck it up and make it happen. And they're going to feel bad. I think we're living in a time where it's really easy to feel bad about yourself if you're unable to make the healthy changes that, you know, you should make. And There's I think that word, I think being able to be open it doesn't matter if you don't like some of these. It doesn't matter if you don't like all of them. Like maybe not, maybe you're listening to this and none of you're like, all of those are stupid. That's fine. The point is not about these particular systems. These we're just using these as examples to say, whatever you're doing, make yourself right, make yourself right and explore why it makes sense that you're doing this. Because I'm going to tell you that the more you explore and find out why this makes sense, that you're doing this, that then you have all this power to, to start baby stepping your way into a change. I, I, I had something that just popped in my head when you said you talked about how we, we go out and we hire somebody or we engage with somebody, how that is such a and I know this is a masculine archetype is to look externally is to because, you know, with the exception of my amazing podcasting and Twitter friends, most men don't like to be in touch with their feelings, unlike the, all these guys from last weekend who are awesome and are totally in touch with their feelings. But we look for outside, right? <laughs> Most men look externally. They don't look right. internally. And women tend to be the, you know, this is a total generalization, but women tend to be the opposite. They will look internally. That's why they'll beat themselves up more. What's wrong with me? And guys will go, what's wrong with everybody else around me? <laughs> so Isn't it true? So, unfortunately. But here's a great thing. But it is what it is, like, yeah. unfortunately, but it's good to know that. Yeah. So here's Yet another the thing, thing, right? Exactly. So before you go, Mr. Man, and looking for, you know, before you go all masculine and start looking for what on the outside is going to help you, maybe find out what on the inside makes you tick. And that way, like the kayak thing, you go, okay, on the inside, I tend to be a twist more than a reach. And so therefore, now when I do engage that trainer, that coach, I'm going to look for that trainer or that coach that's going to more apply to who I am as a person if I need to go there. But the bottom line I'm getting from this podcast is the change begins within. Yeah. And unless we start from within, all we're doing is it's the it's the old uh, um, from um, Armageddon, one of the greatest, awesomest, over the top sci-fi um, action movies, <laughs> is when that actor whose name I always forget talks about you 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 make a fist. This is the rock. If you start pummeling it on the outside, nothing's going to happen. But if you put the little firecracker on the inside of your hand then your whole, then it explodes. Oh. And that's, that's to me, my, my analogy to why this is an inside job and all change starts as an inside job. Because what we tend to do is we tend to try to blow up from the outside. And all we do is put little dents on the outside. We don't actually make a difference, but when we're able to get inside and put that firecracker into our fist. And when that little firecracker goes off, it explodes. And all of a sudden the change occurs. Right. Like it. How's yeah. that for some philosophy? Good. It's really at good. It's 7 really good. <laughs> totally. Um, 
Thank so, you. Thank you, Angela. Inspiration. <laughs> another another model that we're going to talk about in depth next week in our hunter gatherer podcast. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is to look at ourselves from within a within a within a model of hunting and gathering and from an evolutionary standpoint. So sometimes we're we're simply operating on instinct. And you you sort of touched on it like men tend to go out Women tend to go in like that's not saying that we're not equal. It's not saying we may be equal. We are not the same. And there are more there are women that are more masculine and men that are more feminine. Absolutely. Positively. But there are definitely masculine and feminine roles that manifest in us differently. And a lot of that is from we're going to talk about it next week. A lot of it has come from an evolutionary standpoint. And it's just so interesting to know this and to kind of find these things out and be like, okay. And the helpful part about that is sometimes we are just absolutely driven to do things and and it doesn't feel like there's a lot of choices. Usually when that is how we're feeling, we're in complete instinct mode and instinct is the bottom line is it's all about survival. Yeah. Especially when we're in a place where we're, where uh, uh, life is happening and we get emotional or things get difficult. What do you do? You revert back to instinct. Yeah. And we we have so many choices that come at us every day that we go back to instinct and habit. Like we think that we're making all these choices consciously all day long. (laughs) We are not. Good. We are not. And. We're operating and habit like that. that. Do you know what I mean? Um, Can you still hear me? Yeah, I got you back. I lost you for a second. Okay. Um, Skype. So. I agree with you. That's that that's, that's really crazy. Well, all right, real quick. Yeah. So, if we create, and when we are able to, and this is a, this is once again from my own experience, and it takes time, and it took a lot of patience, but I was able to train myself into having a new habit and a new instinct. And so I understand, and we'll go into that. I know in more depth next week, but that that this is possible. You can create a new habit and a new instinct, so that your initial reaction is different. And and I know this because I know this from my own my own experience. Right. Yeah. I mean, totally. You because, but that started with. Well, there were so many different ways that that happened for you, which is so interesting. But it it started with a a big piece of that was learning about yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Like, all right. So, and, and I love your husband, Rob's got the best analogy for this. It's the rock'em sock'em robots from the seventies. And (laughs) I understand they make new versions of them now too, but the whole idea is Rob would always talk about, you know, Push button, head flies off because the rock'em right. sock'em robots had the little uh, the little thing on their chest, and if you connect with that button, the head pops off, you win. And he would talk about like that was how Rob operated: hit right. button, head flies off. And then he would go into how he changed that, and right. that was part of his story. And I love that part of his story. And the key was knowing what, what that made, button is. Yep, exactly. What, Find what the button. That button and yeah. figuring out how to either not get it pushed or when it gets pushed to have a different reaction. Have, yeah. But the bottom line was starting from starting with from that. So and it can be anyway, I love this stuff so much. Um next week we're gonna talk about evolution uh, an evolutionary model um using the story of hunters and gatherers and it's gonna be really really fun and cool. And um, I just want to finish today by saying that, you know, um, I believe in this, I believe that all powerful change comes from a place of knowledge and willingness to look at things differently. And I don't believe sustainable changes come from beating ourselves up that we haven't figured it out yet. Because the whole point, first of all, we're, we're wired to survive, right? And now we're in a day and age where we can actually start evolving into thriving because we can move out of survival mode into thriving because we don't actually have to do everything ourselves. We don't have to go out and make our, grow our own food, hunt down our own meat. You know what I mean? Like we have, we have, we've come to a world which is both horrifying in some ways and amazing in some ways. I mean, you can go to the store and actually not get anything that's 
looks like real food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But my point is, is that we are not, most of us can pay the rent. Most of us have jobs. Most of us are not in this point where we have to quote unquote, you know, be in survival yeah. mode, yeah. where we're worried that we're, where our next meal's coming from. Yeah. We're at a place now we've, but, but what's happened because we're coming from, from an evolutionary standpoint is we're so used to being in survival mode. Now we've set up all these new parameters, like, and we stay in survival mode because I don't have that car and I don't have that house and I don't have a bigger job and I'm not making this amount of money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So but the point is, is if we if we really want to be healthy, we can start taking a look at that and realize that we don't need to be in survival mode. We can shift into thrive. And that's one of the things that we talk about all the time, too, in recovery is being grateful for what we have, appreciating what we have and being in the moment. Because when you do all of those things, you realize that we are indeed thriving. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're one of the haves. You have some sort of device that this reporting is taking to. Do you know what I mean? Like there are people that don't anyway. So without getting further into that, but, but I still think that because we're wired to be in this survival mode, our first instinct when we don't do things really well or make the changes that we want to make, particularly with health and wellness, um, is to be like, I suck. I can't believe I can't do this. You know, I mean, and we keep, like you said, keep hitting the outside of the rock. Like I'm going to come at it harder this time. Whereas if we just be like, well, let's see what's inside. Let's just coax it open and understand why this thing is is so clasped around whatever. Then maybe we can we can come. You know, we don't have to keep banging our heads against the brick wall. So, the Buddhists talk about this, and I talk about this book a lot on this podcast. This un this comfortable with uncertainty by Pema Chodron, and Pema I love this. Lover. I want to leave you guys with this little. Um, this little um, quote, um, this little, this, it's, this is an awesome meditation book, but basically the Buddhists, they, they're, one of their main premises is to just be about observing things. Mm-hmm. Like stop the judgment, yep. observe it. Because when you observe something and you understand it, it's easier to relate to it. And I think we can, we do that sometimes like a great, you'll see a great parent with their child. They'll kind of observe their child and kind of understand like this kid's not going to be open to hearing this right now because blah, blah, blah. Or this kid, you know, this is a good time to talk to him. It comes from observing how they are. Right. And acting, and acting rather than reacting. reacting. Right. If we can do that for ourselves, we're going to have some power. So she says this one is number 24 in this little book. And it says that openness doesn't come from resisting our fears, but from getting to know them well. And by fears, I mean, unwanting, be, unwanted behavior and, and, and um, unhealthy habits. can It's basically a form of fear. Right. I mean, if we're binge eating. There's fear involved. If we're overeating, there's fear involved. If we're skipping meals because we're trying to lose weight or diet or whatever, there's fear involved. Um, if we're trying to gain weight because we don't look good enough, there's fe- do you under- does that make sense? Well, let's so, let's. I, it makes sense to me because I understand self-centered fear. I think that's the main right. thing to say is this is not fear as in like oh I saw a snake. Eek! This is a self-centered fear. This is that internal. Uh, uh, self-centered fears would be uh like insecurities things that that we are uh afraid of you know this is the, the i just want because not everybody understands these ideas right, that this is a different type of fear yeah. yeah exactly there you go yeah 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 those are self-centered shame. fears yes right yeah. right and they're and and you say and, and i agree with you it's self-centered fears but it makes it sound like oh i'm no i don't it's, have it's self-centered not, yeah, fears. it's I'm not ego selfish, but it's not it's not about being selfish. It's just about it's again that survival. It's yeah. Well, it's just, it's 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 because it's something that threatens our sense of self. Exactly. That, that's Good part job. of who we are as human beings. So I just wanted to right. clarify that. So she says openness doesn't come from resisting our fears, but from getting to know them well. We can't cultivate fearlessness without compassionate inquiry into the workings of ego. So we ask ourselves. What happens when I can't feel what's going on? What are the stories I tell myself? What repels me and what attracts me? Where do I look for strength and in what do I place my trust? Just love this book. I, you, you can basically get anything from her. I know. And you will find something. I just, I, I have recommended her writings to so many people. 
I know. You want to read that again, or do you want to? Can you read that one more time, just for impact? Yeah, totally. This is from number twenty-four in her book, Comfortable with Uncertainty. Um, It's called Staying in the Middle. Openness doesn't come from resisting our fears, but from getting to know them well. We can't cultivate fearlessness without compassionate inquiry into the workings of ego. So we ask ourselves, what happens when I feel I can't handle what's going on? What are the stories I tell myself? What repels me and what attracts me? Where do I look for strength and in what do I place my trust? The first thing that takes place in meditation is that we start to see what's happening. So it can be formal meditation or it can just be going slow enough in your life and being willing to observe, right? Um, Even though we still run away and we still indulge, even though we still run away and we still indulge, we see what we're doing clearly. We acknowledge our aversions and our cravings. We become familiar with the strategies and beliefs that we use to fortify our cocoon. With mindfulness as our method, we start to get curious about what's going on. For quite a long time, we just see it clearly. To the degree that we're willing to see our indulging and our repressing clearly, they begin to wear themselves out. Wearing out is not the same as going away. Instead, a wider, more generous, more enlightened perspective arises. How we stay in the middle between indulging and repressing is by acknowledging whatever arises without judgment, without judgment, people, letting the thoughts simply dissolve and then going back to the openness of this very moment. That's what we're actually doing in meditation. Up come all these thoughts, but rather than squelch them or obsess with them, we acknowledge them and let them go. Then we come back to just being here. After a while, that's how we relate with hope and fear in our daily lives. Out of nowhere, we stop struggling and relax. We see our storyline, drop it, and come back to the freshness of the present moment. Love it. Nice. It's all about stepping back without judgment and being willing to observe and not be like, I mean, what? Yeah, anyway, this is, that's, yes. And I've missed you. <laughs> I've missed that we haven't done this in two weeks. Seriously, I know, I I'm know. like like a little yeah. applause on the inside, going, "This is part of this podcast is is part of my routine that keeps me well." Yeah, you know? I know. And, me and too. having you do do that, read that was amazing. So can, I need I want to co opt something from a. So I, this is a shameless plug for uh, my friend Brian and Jen's podcast called the crazy life i was a guest on their show their that podcast is out right now and uh we talked about we talked a lot about recovery we talked a lot about uh mental illness and things like that and that's their show is about helping other people that suffer from mental illness i know Mm -hmm. i've told you this about before um and so uh and oh by the way this you're gonna love this you're just gonna love this okay so remember the sound clip i played of tony and brian where tony goes so are you if you're into you know fitness and brian's like nope are you into positive nope you know that thing so brian's been listening to the show oh yes (laughs) yes i did not see that coming neither did i no, we oh should, like we when I was on the podcast, he's like, he's like, I've been listening to your show and I almost lost my cookies. So I was like, really? Oh my gosh! Hi, Brian. I'm so excited. The, he, and so they do this thing where they we're gonna get you into astrology, Arabia, <laughs> Buddhism. We're gonna get you in the Enneagram. You're gonna be like Mister New Age. Okay. He, just, he just stopped Woo! listening. <laughs> <laughs> so they do this thing where they have a chat they do a challenge for themselves for the week oh yeah. and and it made me realize that every time that you bring up uh, bring us a new topic there's always a challenge in there so what would be your challenge for our listeners this week about a little baby step okay so here's the baby step if you, this week this week if you have an unwanted symptom behavior habit Rather than trying to change it, try to observe it. And good idea. Good idea. When you're observing it, after you get real clear about what it looks like, go inside, take some quiet time, and then just try to be really open minded about how this could possibly be absolutely right. Absolutely right. I'm eating a quart of Ben and Jerry's on the couch <laughs> and it's absolutely right. Of course I'm doing this. Because, Look at X, yeah, Y, and Z. Why, of yeah. course I'm doing this. And you know, and then get and then step three, 
give yourself a little pat on the back for being so incredibly smart. <laughs> wow. I am a person that's very sensitive. This is what's happening. Good job. This is a great tool. What are some other tools? And then we can talk about other tools. And I just want you guys to know that next week is going to be very exciting. We're going to talk about Alison Armstrong's. Um, she's this wonderful speaker. We're going to talk about her model of the hunters and gatherers. It's super fun. It's going to be really fun next week. I'm excited about it. Okay, tell us where to find you. Okay, find me at goingtoangeles.com. I have a website and it's goingtoangeles.com. There's a, you can sign up for my blogs. I send out a weekly email if you want it or a monthly. There's a monthly option. I'm also on Facebook at Angela's Gym. I'm on Twitter at Angela's Gym, Instagram at Angela's Gym. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think of this. Um, I I enjoyed this so much and I really appreciate everyone listening. And Heno, I just want to say Thank you to Monkey Tongue Productions. And I just want to say, you are awesome for getting up this early in the morning. <laughs> I am unbelievably impressed. Unbelievably impressed. Honestly, I really appreciate it. I, 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 it's amazing how much I missed. Like, we got to the end and I'm like, oh, I missed this. And I'm so, this is, <laughs> see, this is why I knew I, this is an important part of my week. That's why when you're just yeah. like, I appreciate your commitment to the podcast. And I'm just like, how could I not? This is, you know, but I didn't know really what, what this does is this is uh, healing for my soul as you know, oh, absolutely. That. So I'm just so happy that we got to do this this week. Oh, and happy independence day weekend. Cause this is when oh, this yeah. is going to come out. So everyone, a, yes. Yeah. Everybody give That's your fourth homework assignment is just yeah. super Give gratitude that we live here. I mean, is it perfect? No, but oh my gosh, we're so blessed. Yeah, we really are. We're so blessed. Serious oh gratitude. God. And thank you to uh, uh, Wicked Radio Network and Tangent Bound Network for our new podcast, Homies. All right. Okay. We're out. Bye. Have a great day. Bye.